Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the Astro Curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 140 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. And my goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. Okay, let's get into today's episode. So today we're talking about using elements of astrology to look at your blind spots with compassion. And my special guest is Deborah Silverman. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you. So you've been an astrologer for many, many years. Uh, what got you into astrology? I was very young. I think it was just a calling that was in my bones from when I was born, because by the time I was 14, I had known all the junior high schools to this day. I know all their charts. And then by the time I was 20, I became an astrologer. So it started 45 years ago. It's been going on for a long time and I never stop and I never get bored. And that's the gift of being a Gemini, as you know. Yes, we are both Geminis. I always say it's the best sign. Uh, I love being a Gemini. You know, I got into astrology and tarot when I was a curious teenager. So same thing. It's like it was a calling. I kind of got into it. And there I was. And now it's been all these years. So, you know, one of the things I find when people are getting into astrology or when they come to an astrologer, they always want to focus on the good things. They want to focus on all the things in their chart that are good news, positive things, my talents and skills. But the thing I want to ask you is this is, how does it harm people to ignore the hard stuff in your astrology chart? It does become, we call it saccharine astrology. Oh, you've got the coolest chart. Oh, you're the coolest person. Everything about you is so perfect. It's about as far away from the truth as you can get. So, the tr- you know, we come to an astrologer, we come to the tarot with the earnest concern to get insight, not to be put back to sleep. Like our intention of coming to a reading is to say, can you help me see something that I haven't been able to see? Or can you reframe for me somewhere I'm stuck? So why would you want to go into the pretend game right at the moment you're paying someone or you're inquiring with someone about wanting truth? So, you know, there are, there are aspects and I like to say, um, no chart is necessarily a good chart or a bad chart. It's what you do with it. And the same with transits and aspects. I mean, I look at them as they're actually very neutral. You know, they can be challenging or they can be supportive. What you do with it is what matters. Uh, That's anyhow, that's my perspective on things. But, you know, if you see a chart where it's got a tremendous amount of challenging aspects, what do you tell the client? Because they might hear, oh my God, I got a bad chart and be really worried that you're going to tell them their future is doomed. What do you tell somebody when they're coming at you freaked out? Well, first things first, I mean, I have a degree, a master's degree in clinical psychology. So I've been trained to work with people who are in crisis and you never walk away from it. You walk straight in and say straight up, this is a really difficult, I I, I love your angle that everything can get turned lemons into lemonade. And there are times when life is just really hard. And I say it. Mm-hmm. And I give them the good news. I always give them as the projection. Like, here's the window. Here's when the shift's going to occur. Here's where the really intense part is. But I'm not the sugar-coated. I think one of my gifts this life, because my life lessons, Saturn's and Sagittarius, is I say things. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the best truths, I, I've just always been a person that I love, love, said the Libra rising. I'm a romantic. And 
I can only say this, that equal to my love for love is love for truth. So I'm the girl that wants to hear, like I've been doing this deep dive into climate crisis that nobody wants to talk about because it's mm-hmm. so awful. But to, to put saccharin on it and to find the good news, I'm all about the good news, but to put saccharin on any of this at the expense of authentic truth, I don't want to play. No. Do you know, many years ago, I had a client, and this was a client who was super successful. Everything was always going her way. And she was going through a really difficult astrological patch. And it was showing up. Her marriage was falling apart. She lost her job. And suddenly she had to look for a job. And she was older. And she's like, oh, my God, like, everything is terrible. Why is my life so terrible? And I had to say to her, I said, you know, everybody gets their turn at the wheel. There are times where life is hard and you're going to be fine. You will get through this. But she got so focused on how bad things were going. She was feeling bitter. She was having a hard time, you know, believing in the universe or anything. What do you say to somebody who's coming at it with that attitude? I I give them permission. I go, you're miserable. My whole thing is name it, tag it. Don't walk over it. Don't start to dilute it. Don't start to, you can't fix that. I just tag it. You're really miserable. This is a really hard time. I can't make you feel better. I'm so sorry. Now, the question is, do you want to learn how to deal with discomfort or do you want to just complain? Because there's two options. You can keep that narrative going or we can insert some new behaviors. And my whole life's work, as you may know, is the book called The Missing Element, which is about the four, four elements. So then I really quickly look and say, so here's the element that's going to be medicine for you that you're probably not going to want to hear because you're so fixated on what's wrong. And then I just distract. (laughs) So the first thing is to enroll. Do you want me to fix this or do you want me just to listen to you? Because if you just want me to listen to you, then we're not, the session will be interesting. But if you want me to help with this, I do have some tools in my box, but you've got to enroll me. I never tell somebody without asking them first. Do you really want, because sometimes, you know what, you do need to complain. And you need a full year of like I had a client who had a divorce, I swear to you, for seven years. The guy had gotten remarried, he'd had a whole other, but she could not stop telling the story. Of course, she had four plants in Libra. On and on and on and on. And I finally said to her one day, listen, I'm gonna probably refer you to another therapist because I can't, I'm a I'm a transformational therapist. I help people change behaviors. I'll listen, but at a certain point I realize you need to complain mm-hmm. and you don't really want to change. And that's okay, but I'm not your girl. I love this. I love, first of all, you name it, because that is, I also think the first step to really facing our issues and to being honest about it and honest about how we're feeling. And that's how we can start to develop compassion, but also by letting people know that, listen, we can name it. Now you've got a choice. Do we, do you want me to listen or do we want to deal with it? Once again, that is such a neutral way of approaching it. It's neutral, it's honest, and you're giving the client permission to really decide what is going to be for their highest good at that time. Because sometimes what's for their highest good is what we think it is. Exactly. I do this with my kids. If my, this is years ago, if my kids were upset, I'd walk in the room and I know they really wanted to complain and they were all over it. Instead of being the Jewish mom that jumped in with, I got the answer for everything. Here's what the helicopter told me. I just would say, do you want me to help you? Or do you just, he would look at me and go, I don't want your help. Like, okay. I'm so glad because then we get to stay on the same page and now I'm not become, and in a session, What a relief when you're not trying to help someone who just needs to complain. I love that. So you mentioned the elements, the missing element, your book and the elements. So let's talk about the elements in astrology, in an astrology chart. So what do you look at to give someone medicine? What would be some examples? 
So the short version is you find out, first of all, is there a missing element? Like I'm looking at your chart. So if somebody literally, this is how it goes. If someone's literally missing an element entirely, which you are, mm-hmm. then you get two choices. Either God said, don't give her any fire because she's already fiery enough. God forbid this life. She had three lifetimes in a row where she was a wild thing. Don't give her. So she came in with a skill set, but she didn't get the element or you, you find out, oh my God, she's dead to the table. She's got kind of a no energy personality type. She's lethargic and she has no fire. In which case, then you say, uh-oh, we're going to give you some homework. So it depends, once again, establishing this soul's understanding of that element. Because just because someone's missing an element does not mean they're missing the element. Right. So for someone like me, I've got, for people who are listening, I have no fire in my chart which most Can't people don't believe. Looking. Yeah, exactly. most people don't believe it. I'm a very feisty, fiery, super passionate person. So obviously, you know, I'm compensating for it in some way. No, no, that's, you didn't hear me. If okay. you, it's because in some past life, you already carried it. Ah. The last thing you needed was to be able to reenact it this lifetime. So you came with it. I love that. So when people are missing an element in a chart, it isn't necessarily going to show up as, again, as an example, as a lethargic personality, I might already been there, done that. I'm bringing that in and I've got plenty of this fire. I don't need in this life. You came in learning a totally different lesson. So don't assume because someone's missing an element, they're compensating quite the opposite. They've already either mastered that element or they're learning it. So I, my best friend has no earth in her chart and she owns a lumber yard. She spends her whole life working with wood and working with men and working with construction. So, I mean, she's so good at it. She didn't need any earth. She came in this lifetime to learn about water. So they gave her an excessive amount of water. I love this. Okay. So what about if someone is missing water? What might be the medicine there? Okay. So so this is my book, The Missing Element. The subtitle is Compassion for the Human Condition. You can get it if you, if you guys want to buy it from my website, I send signed copies with a chart in it. I actually put your chart in it, or you can get an Amazon. Um, in the book, there's a little test, and the test takes about five. You don't need to know astrology. You don't need to have your chart done. It's just a five-minute test, three minutes. At the end of that, you determine, what's my missing element? What's my strong element? So I can go through it certainly with you. If water is your strong suit, you're a healer. You're a natural listener. You get a depth of character. Mm -hmm. You cry easily. You're comfortable with that. And you have the mastery of being able to be with what is. If you're missing water, you're a cold fish. You can't cry. You feel a little grumpy all the time. And you don't like humans. They're just Griswolds. They're like, ew, not them again. Because water people without water, you don't have compassion. They just My my ex-father-in-law was like that. That describes him perfectly. He had no water in his chart. And couldn't feel a thing. Cold fish. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so then the next element is air. If you've got lots of air and you're really healthy, you're the communicating, you and me, you're the communicating delights and your element of air gives you the gift of the gab. But if you're missing it, you don't talk to people and your social skills and your social media and texting is all a nuisance. So you're not in the loop because you have no air to be interested in relationship, conversation, communicate. And that's a real, or the opposite. You're an incredible communicator. You're all over social media, love doing podcasts, and you think this thing is fun, said the two Geminis. Earth. If you're strong at Earth, you've got the gift of organization, executing timelines, spreadsheets, doing all kinds of taxes and insurance and cleaning and going and getting to Costco and buying all that Windex. It's fun for you. Like, oh, we're going to do the taxes. If you have no Earth in your chart, you're like, where did I put that receipt? Did I ever say I was going to clean my car because it looks like a mess? Oh, I forgot what time it was. If you don't have that practical skill set, 
it's a lack of earth. So plants don't grow. Money doesn't come comfortably. You find yourself underneath the effect of your lack of earth or excessive earth is a workaholic who really yeah. feels like they don't get free will, like they are always the designated driver and they always have to do the dishes. Like, why am I always the one doing the dishes? Well, you walked into the kitchen and you hate the way we put, you, we put the forks and you go, don't turn the fork down, turn it. I'm like, really, Mr. Earth, you're wondering why you're the one doing it because you get mad at us when we do it. So that would be earth people at both sides. And last is fire. If you've got lots of fire, you're enthusiast, you're a physical athlete, you're swimming, you're jumping, you're biking, you're hiking, you're walking. (laughs) I have a little bit of this. Um, And you have a lot of chi, excitement. But if you don't have fire, you're flatlining and you don't want to be seen and you don't want to be bold. You don't want to be the one in the room they're noticing. You don't want to wear high heels. You don't want to get dressed up. You just wish the people would stop. And that's a lack of fire, the joy, sexuality, Mm -hmm. it goes out. So there's four elements. You take the test, you read in the book, your missing element and you're back online. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, how can people then use the elements in astrology, you know, to find their blind spots? I mean, is this how they find the blind spots just by looking at these missing elements? That's all it needs. Yes. And when they find the blind spots and they start working on the medicine, what have you seen? What kind of changes have you seen happen in your clients? My good friend in our school that came to us, she had a grand trident fire. She didn't own her fire at all. She lost 30 pounds when she started working with us because she forgot that she had to exercise. Another client realized she had her husband had no air in his chart. She was constantly driving him crazy, making him talk. And then she realized it's not fair. And they've really rekindled their marriage. And he was so thankful for the compassion. It changed everything in their relationship. Or the kid, the kid, my friend who has seven, her kid has seven planets in fire, who breaks things all the time and bumps into things and fights with everybody. And she didn't understand it. So it's simple. You take astrology over there. It's too intellectual for a lot of people. Now, I have a school that teaches very simple, like you, bite-sized, I call it bite-sized bits. It's funny. We have the same language. It's a six-week-long class, and it's starting in September. And people leave that class. They learn the elements in the first class. The whole school is built on the elements. But the first class is so simple. But by the end, they've got their life lesson. They've got their timeline. It's like in one six-week class. I teach astrology. So people's, I really am interested in changing people's lives. I'm not interested in just theory. I love that. And here's the thing that I find really interesting. I mean, you can change yourself, but you mentioned about people changing their relationships. And I love the idea that not only can you use the elements to develop compassion for yourself, but also for the other people in your life. And you can improve the relationships if you see if they're missing something. Totally. totally. Or if they have yeah. an abundance of something. Yes. Yes. So one of my children had a lot of water in his chart and I would talk. That's the last thing he wanted me to do. So I had to learn, like, just put your hand on his leg and be quiet. I learned how do I dance with people on their turf? Yeah. Well, my daughter's got a a tremendous amount of fire. So, you know, we've, we've certainly had our, our mother daughter moments. We get along great and we've learned how to understand and work with each other's energy. And that makes total sense. That's so beautiful. So let me ask you this too. One last question. Can the so-called good stuff become a blind spot in your chart? The good stuff become you know, a blind like you spot. You hear people saying stuff like, oh, my moon is trying Mercury. I can like express my feelings so easily. Can that become also a point where you're not seeing the things you need to say, the, the things you need to see, where you get really, I always call it getting high on your own supply. <sighs> 
<laughs> I love that, Gemini. Um, I think what you're saying is, do we need to go regularly and see a counselor, therapist, astrologer, tarot reader? Yes. Do we need reflection from the other? Yes. Do we need to listen to our husbands and our wives and say, you know, is that a blind spot for me? Like, can you help me? The big thing, and this is where the season of cancer, which is their life lesson, is ask for help. Yes. Like, can you can you help me see this? I think that we need to take the shame out of asking for help. You know, so many of us feel like we've got to solve it ourselves. We don't want to admit that we need help. So asking for help can be the most compassionate thing you do, but also it can be the way to really bridge your relationships and develop better intimacy and depth and understanding. Are you good at it? Yes. I never used to be, but I had to get good at it. Had to get good at it. I, I, I wonder if I'm good at it. Asking for help. I think I am good at it. I wasn't. I, I always wanted to be misindependent to everything myself. But, you know, I, I've learned that I end up then really not being well if I don't ask for help. So Exactly. Exactly. So, Deborah, this has been a great conversation. Um, so real quick, where can people find you? You mentioned your book. Where can people buy the book? Let us know. Yes, we just said that. So you can go on my website or Amazon. Those were your two options for the book. I have um, I have another really cool class that I started called Tell Me a Story. It's T-M-A-S dot C-O, like Christmas, but with a T. Um, it is like Christmas for me. It's a class where you do a writing class once a week with a prompt on the elements with 10 people in the circle, and I teach it. And it is so rich and so deep. And um, I think it's it, there's a waiting list because we're all booked up to September, but I love it so much. So there's uh, the school starting in January and September. There's one in September coming. Every twice a year, we open up for the school, the six-week class. There's the book, of course. There's Tell Me a Story. And then there's Live.Meet the Elements. Yeah. And then, of course, on my Instagram, and, you know, we all have these funny little social media personalities, which I have a lot of fun with, the Gemini. I, I actually pour my heart into Instagram. It's funny. But it's true. Yes, and you're and you're just Deborah Silverman there on Instagram, correct? Astrology. Deborah Silverman okay, Astrology. Deborah Silverman Astrology. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and that was so fun and easy and Gemini. I was so Gemini how quick you did that. Two Geminis together, of course. It's like Ding. instant. All right, people. So you know what to do. You you gotta get into Deborah's world. Make sure you are following her on Instagram, check out her website. And that's all for today's episode. And I want to remind you, if you're enjoying Astrology Bites, do me a favor. Get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that is the best way to help new listeners discover the show. And of course, I appreciate that so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes and so much more. Again, that's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. If you don't like where your life is headed, right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got the power. Be kind to yourselves and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.